I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Rico. <laughs> how you been? I think uh, you had a better weekend than I did. Um, I th- Probably. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I did. Uh, I had... I don't know. I saw you were grilling and I was like, I don't have yeah, a grill right yeah, there. You already we, got me. We were grilling last <laughs> night, so we had some burgers and bratwurst. So that was what? pretty good. Nice. Uh, we had an early day at the parks. We did Universal Islands, like just basically oh, hit the highlights the and then get stuff. out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Hagrid's is always uh, like that was the last ride we got on. And then uh, we basically left just, after that. It, yeah. Because it's yeah. it's the best ride that they have right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yeah, so it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, what did you do <laughs> this weekend? Um, I watched a bunch of movies that I've already seen before, like The Truman Show, yeah. um, Anastasia, The Shining, <laughs> <laughs> Eclectic. Just really mixing it up, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Really much, didn't do much uh, at all. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but no, that's that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we just need that weekend to just relax and do whatever we want. Uh, we saw another movie and this one we was did. a new movie. It was a new movie. It yeah. was. Uh, this is a movie that came out in theaters and simultane- simultaneously. always have a problem with that word. Uh, <laughs> on HBO Max. Before we yes. get into it, though, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts and many more. And if you do like us, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. So uh, for today, we are going to review a brand new movie starring some pretty well-known actors. And that movie is The Little Things. It is a movie that is directed by John Lee Hancock. He wrote Snow White and the Huntsman, and he wrote and directed The Blind Side and directed Saving Mr. Banks. So he's got a bit of a a a resume. He's got a bit of a pedigree. Just a little bit. Snow White and the Huntsman isn't isn't a bad movie. Isn't a bad movie. Blind Side got some Oscar love. Yep. Saving Mr. Banks, Banks. not bad at all. Not bad at all. He also wrote this movie as well, and the movie stars Denzel Washington. Rami Malek and Jared Leto, all three of them Academy Award winners. Yes, uh, Denzel is a two-time winner. He won for uh, Best Actor in Training Day in 2001, and he won Best Supporting Actor in Glory in 1989. Uh, Rami Malek just uh, recently in 2018 winning Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Jared Leto won Best Supporting Actor for Dallas Buyers Club in 2013. So, yeah, so these are now prestige actors. Yes. What a difference that statue makes for you uh, (laughs) when it comes to how you're recognized. So, Jessica, how was this movie received? Right now, it's sitting at a 48% Mm. rotten tomato score and the 65% audience score. Not great, Bob. Not great. Now, the movie, obviously, because of everything going on, the pandemic, uh, not too much of a 
box office to really speak of uh, in America at $4.7 million domestically and $7.5 million worldwide. So, again, box office, we can't really put any stock into it. No, can't put any stock into that. So uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about the overall experience of watching this movie. <laughs> uh, Jessica, let's let's start. Okay. Generally, how'd you feel about once you walked out of the movie? When I walked out of the movie, um, I was disappointed. Ah. Uh, shockingly disappointed because <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of buying into the movie. I really liked these actors and was expecting a bit of greatness from this mm. movie, despite it being a January release. And holy shit, that third act was like an A-bomb on the movie, completely destroyed it. It was awful. I hated the ending. And it diminished the whole movie for me. It just made it seem like it was spinning its wheels, didn't have a clear resolution in mind, and a like was so subpar compared to the other movies that these guys are known for. And so I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> it was bad. It was I, bad. I think it, what we can really say about this is that the movie got released in January. You know our feelings <laughs> on January releases. Uh, Correct. We know that when we walk into a movie that gets released in January, there are going to be low expectations. I I kind of had you had mid-level, low expectations. Mid level. I didn't. I don't think I had any expectations. I was just like, oh, okay, these are I, good actors. Right. That's the thing. That's what kind of like I had it. And low, that was kind then, of floating the boat for me. Right. It's like, what are we going to get out of the performances in right. this movie? Yeah. Uh, for uh, people who don't know, uh, the very very simple. Uh, synopsis of this movie is that two cops track down a serial killer. That's uh, as basic as it gets. <laughs> I can't believe that's the IMDb synopsis. I know. Uh, yeah. N- n- offering nothing else. Uh, just to be a little more on top of that, uh, mm-hmm. it's two cops are tracking down a serial killer of women. Uh, a lot of women have, or a few women have died. Um, Denzel Washington is a veteran. Sorry, yeah, sorry no. that was very redundant. Yeah, that was very redundant. <laughs> a serial killer of women. A few women have died. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, not a very, not a very well made sentence by me. Uh, so we have two cops. We have a veteran in Denzel Washington's character. We have a yep. hotshot up and coming cop in or detective in Rami Malek's character, and then you have the suspect in uh, Jared Leto's. The trailer for this movie kind of implies you know what we're looking at like who who are the main people who they're chasing after so it's not too much a surprise that leto is the main suspect uh throughout the movie uh i think the performances we'll start there since we're already there i think the performances by specifically rami malik are a little I would say distracting. I I don't know what it is. He has this facial tick. um, Yes. So I do not like the way he speaks. I feel like it's extremely calculated and Mm. still extremely annoying to watch and hear his uh, voice. And I don't know how (laughs) else to say it. Like it just strikes me as like disingenuine. Everything has to be thought out before he says it. Yes. Right. Yes. Nothing is um, off the cuff. Everything is like, like you were saying, it's very 
well manicured sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's his delivery of it as well is not very convincing as a cop. <laughs> um, I don't know if the movie was trying to do this, but like there was many times where you you see what he's doing or saying or how he's saying stuff, and it makes you suspicious of the character. So you don't know whether or not that was intentional or if that was something that Rami Malek was just bringing to the character. Uh, yeah, he he's a strange performer. He is a strange uh, yes. performer. Yes, that's a great way to put it. He's extremely strange uh, yeah. to watch. And right. Like he does this thing where like most of the time he's like biting his lip almost. Uh, but like, it, I don't know. It's it's pretty distracting throughout the movie. Yeah, so Rami Malek wasn't thrilling us in no. this movie. Denzel uh, being Denzel. Denzel's Denzel. At I think this he's, point, he's, he's like a fallen, Bruce Willis kind of. Yeah, he's in a rhythm. Ca- he's in a rhythm. He's not going to stop what he's been doing. It's been working for him for a long time. So uh, this performance was very weird, <laughs> I thought. Because it was a lot of the same. Yeah. But... um. The character is uh, haunted, is I think a good word. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, but I don't believe it. Like you didn't. It was Not very hollow to me. Yeah. Yeah. Not with Denzel. Denzel has kind of fallen into this rhythm of uh, he knows everything. Uh, he mm. he kind of like is the command of the room, no matter what character he's playing. So. You know, every single thing that he does throughout the movie, he's always in charge, uh, regardless of what's going on. And he always knows everything. And that's kind of how a lot of his characters over the last few years have just been, where it's just like he knows everything. He's in command. There's Mm -hmm. no there's nothing differentiating this performance versus, you know, something that he's done in the last few years, Mm -hmm. except for Equalizer, which is a little more physical. I think he's just showing up like this is just a paycheck. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Dialing it in. And that leaves us with our third performance, which is Jared Leto. Jared Leto's the one that came up, showed up to work. Yeah, he Um, showed up to work. He was doing things. uh, The performance was extremely unnerving and well done like i think he was deserving of of all the you know airtime that he got so to speak yeah he was because when he is in the movie when he's on screen he really takes command of the plot and he really takes command of where the story is going uh, it, it yeah, it's a little surprising because of the fact that you have someone like Denzel, uh, mm-hmm. you know, coming in. But Leto is just stealing each scene that they interact with together. He or, doesn't even I mean, even when he doesn't have lines, you're just kind of like fixated on him, fixated on him. He's yes. so uh, memorable. And, you know, I think everyone when they watched the trailer was like, <gasps> When they saw Jared Leto. Yeah, he is super strange in this. Yes. I I don't even yes. know how to explain what what exactly he's doing, but and the way he speaks too. Like I, we were talking about how we don't like the way Rami Malek speaks. Jared Leto pretty much can do no wrong, to me at least. Jared Leto. Yeah, like despite how good or bad the movie is, like Jared Leto is not the. Problem. No, he's not <laughs> like the in any in movie. movie. Yeah. No, he's not. Uh, the, the problem is, I would say 
the writing and the plot development. Ooh. I, I think that this movie is trying to be a different type of movie. Um, you know, it's trying to really copy a style of another thriller, which is yeah, seven. Seven. It, it's trying yeah. to capture that where you have the veteran cop who ha- who takes the younger cop mm-hmm. under his wing. They're investigating a you know a set of murders, and yeah. they have that one specific person who they're after. Yeah, and I think the problem with the movie is that it tried to do too many things and it did them all really badly. Mm. Oof, yeah. Um, didn't seem to keep to one through line. No. A lot of subplot happening and it's just boring. It's really not compelling at all. Why would we want to? And then other movies throw a rock and you hit you hit a movie that's done it better. Yeah, that that's the biggest problem is that a lot of the stuff that this movie is trying to do has already been done better, like you said. So yeah. I found myself in the first... The first act of the movie, I was at least intrigued. I was like, okay, so there's a series of murders, and right, that was when I was like, that we're, brings I, I in Denzel, in. right? Yeah, yeah, Denzel's yeah. being brought in because he he doesn't even work in the county where it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the movie moves into the second act where we are introduced uh, to our suspect, and then we have our third act. But it starts losing steam in the second act because. It really doesn't know what movie it's trying to be. It's trying to yes. be multiple things at the same time. And none of them are interesting. None of the ones that they're trying no. to do are nope. interesting. Nope. That's nope. the problem. Uh, so, yeah, that was my biggest issue is that it tries to be too many things and it's not good at any of them. Nope. All right. With that being said, you want to jump into spoilers? Yes. Before we do jump into spoilers, <gasps> oh, what did you give the score? Yes. We haven't done that uh, in a while. I know. I almost, I completely forgot about it. I gave it a two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, it's kind of like an A for effort. I could have gone way lower on it, but A for effort. I don't know. I I gave it a two. A I settled two, on yeah. a two. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think this movie with the people that you have in it, and basically the director and writer is not like a bad director or writer. It has a good pedigree, right. and unfortunately. It's just not winning this best in show. It's just not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not at all. So with that said, let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for The Little Things. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, so now we're in spoilers. Let's go through the plot really fast, plot mechanics really fast, and then we'll talk about some of the weird choices because this movie has some weird choices going on. (laughs) It does. Okay, so we have our two detectives. Uh, We enter in on Denzel, who's a more seasoned detective. He's been banished. I don't know what other word to say. To uh, some no-name town and he's not a deputy. Uh, sorry, he's not a detective anymore. He's a deputy. He gets sent back to L.A. on a MacGuffin. On a MacGuffin. <laughs> and runs into Rami Malek. There's a series of murders and they don't have a suspect at all. So Rami Malek is the face of the investigation. He's the lead detective on it. And 
he's afraid that he's going to lose the case to the FBI. And so he's like, oh, let me. I, I think this guy is kind of curious. He has a lot of experience despite, you know, everyone's reservations around him and the department's kind of hands off on Denzel. And he's like, maybe he can help. He can help me figure this out. Um, so Denzel takes some vacation days and tries to solve the entire case with Rami Malek in the span of a few days. They do come up with a very what they feel is a very strong suspect in Jared Leto. And things progress from there because they start harassing Jared Leto, um, bring him in for questioning, all this stuff. And they don't have any evidence against him to keep him detained or even get a warrant for his house. And I think that we can kind of end it there because I feel like we're going to talk about the ending as its own like separate right. thing. It's going to be its own thing for sure. Yeah. All right, okay. so uh, let's talk about some of the weird things this movie tries to do. I think Leto's performance, although it's it's really good and engaging, he really brings a weird energy to the movie. He does. Because yes. like, he has this a manner of speaking. Uh, it, you see briefly in the trailer, but when you actually hear him conversing is where you really pick up on the nuances and the ticks. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he has this thing where me and... My sister's boyfriend have been like joking the entire weekend. We'll look at each other very slowly, <laughs> raise our hand is like, how's the trunk space? <laughs> Which is from the trailer. And how's the trunk space? Yeah, it's it's such it's, a weird intonation. And he keeps that up throughout everything that he says. Like, it's just not that one time. He has this thing with his eyes where he'll be like kind of like laser focused on something that's not even part of the scene. And then he'll <laughs> tilt his entire head to focus back to the characters. Like he won't move his eyes separately from his head. Like he is oh, like, right, right, right. He, he turns his whole body, turns his whole body to really yeah. focus on someone. It, it is an interesting choice and weird, especially for, I guess what the movie is trying to insinuate with his character. Like yeah, why he's the we, murderer. Yeah. He's the murderer. Like it's so obvious yeah. like because of yeah. how weird this guy is. Uh, so that's a good weird, but a bad weird is the music in this movie. Yo, the soundtrack. <laughs> what the hell's going on with this score? It was um, oddly a beat. Yes. Positive. Almost triumphant. Hopeful? Yes. Triumphant. And it didn't fit the tone of the movie at all. Like, what the hell's going on? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like to talk about the subplot for a second because Go. they had this whole thing with Denzel trying to kind of pick up where he left off with an investigation that got swept under the rug five years ago that he never solved a series of uh, serial killings that happened in LA very similar in structure to the ones that are happening now with Rami Malek in charge um it wrecked Denzel's life so much five years ago that he lost his job his wife his health in the span of six months um and there's this running theme of Denzel warning Rami Malik against going down the same path and making, quote, unquote, angels of the victims. Right. And taking so much responsibility for them that you become obsessive. Uh, and that's like a thesis of the movie is to like not let the demons like 
uh, wreck your life, take over your life, and not let you appreciate the little things in front of you. A. In your own life. Exactly. Which I am doing the movie a favor by like rap- saying all of this now and bringing it all together full circle. <laughs> because yeah, because the, the movie, movie does not do that. Does not do that. Although no. they do say the phrase, the little things twice. And it's both of the times were said by Denzel early yes. on in the movie and then later in the movie in the third act after uh, yeah. a major moment happens. Um, yeah, the movie. Denzel, like to add on to the subplot. Yeah. Denzel is haunted by the victimized girls from that mysterious case up north. Like they just say, like the case up the north. The case up north. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a phrasing for it. Okay. Yeah. So the girls physically appear to him as they were when they were found, barely clothed, with pleading ghostly faces, and it's presented rather erotically, like the yeah. phantasms. And I didn't like that at all. And I spoke to my mom, who my mom and dad watched it on HBO the same night that we did. And (laughs) she I told her I was like, it was kind of sexual. What did you think? I didn't like that. And she was like, I didn't read that that way at all. Really? So, yeah, I mean, Hmm. I don't know. But if like, you know, a young girl barely clothed is leaning over Denzel's toes as he's yeah, laying like, on a bed. I thought like she was about to like, you know, like, Ooh, I don't stop. know, like just kiss him <laughs> or something. I don't know. It, 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 was, it was a weird. little weird. It was weird. And the weird, it's just, a. it's not quite the best way to imply that he feels guilty or sorry towards them. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not um, at all. I I mean, that's a crazy subplot to me. And then the 90s setting is set in the 90s. It makes a point of saying, oh, it's 1990. Yeah. It didn't do anything for me. Like, why was it set in the 90s? Right. Why was it so important? I don't understand why the period piece. Yeah. Right. Why was it so important to have it in the 90s? There was no reason for it unless you wanted it to be that because of the fact that it was before certain technologies existed. Uh, you couldn't just, you know, like go into a database server and like search everything for a person like you had to do the work on the ground. That's another sort of like thesis that they throw out because they're constantly showing Rami Malik dealing with the tech department and yep. like the the emerging technologies of detective work, which is right. now really standard now forensics. And they're like, it's an uphill battle. Like, he can't get what he wants. They won't make any conclusions. They can't um, match fingerprints to a certain level of degree that will hold up in court. And, like, he's constantly fighting this weird battle. I'm like, why are we seeing this? Right. I I don't know. Other than to establish we're in the 90s, it's really hard to solve crimes right now. But, like, I guess, I guess that's what they were trying to insinuate. I don't know, like, why they had that. Maybe it was because it played into why they became so outrageously obsessed with finding the killer. But again, like, why they went out of their way for this particular case, I feel. Right. And it just has to play. I feel like it more didn't have to do with the tech aspect, like the forensics not playing into their own conclusions. But rather their ego. Yeah. Especially Rami Malik's ego. Because 
he didn't turn to Denzel until there was a threat of the FBI coming in and taking over the case. And he was like, well, it's my case. I want to solve it. Yeah. And so it's all about pride. It's all about pride and just being able to say that I got my man, you know, like I got, I got the person I was able to find it out. I was able. And also, like you were saying, uh, Denzel said this to Rami Malek, no angels, like don't. (laughs) Go it's such oh, a stupid way to yeah, say that. Yeah, I know. But basically, don't consume yourself with the case. Don't consume yourself with figuring out a lost case. Because sometimes cases just, you can't solve them. Sometimes you just can't solve them. Or can't solve them by yourself. So you can't make the victims someone that you have to find the answer for. Or you have to figure out what happened. Because sometimes it, it just doesn't work that way for you. There were a lot of loose ends, and I feel like a lot of MacGuffins in the movie. There were. The beginning was very interesting because it opened on the sequence of this girl driving on a dark road by herself, having a grand time singing to herself in the car. Yep. And this vehicle starts harassing her on the road, and she feels like she's in danger because the car is like stopping, following her, um, getting close to her. And her like acting in that moment was very compelling to me. I was, I felt like I was in that car with her because I feel like every woman's had a moment in their life where they're driving, some shit happens on the road and you're like, oh my God, I'm alone. What am I going to do? Right. Um, It's (laughs) a very good opening scene. What can I do? It's a very good opening scene. It's a very good opening scene. And that whole thing, the elaborate near homicide at the beginning, like, it makes no sense later in the movie because she makes such a meager appearance later. She wasn't a body. She was a witness. They treated her very inconsequentially. And then they it just completely gets tossed once the cops mucked it up. Right. Once the cops basically just completely botch it. So, uh, like, what's the point of her story? She can't even be a witness. She can't even she be a witness. She cannot even withstand tr- as a witness. I wonder if that's what the movie was kind of insinuating that you know this is how easily it is to botch case and not being able to follow through with it and it kind of ties in with what happened with Denzel's character early on where if it wasn't for the fact that they covered up for him it would have been a completely lost case for them uh spoiler alert although we're already in spoilers uh, <laughs> Denzel the reason why he lives with that guilt is because obviously he shot one of those victims. Yes. Killed them. Um, like killed them accidentally, but still Yeah, that's his them. dirty secret that's revealed in the third act is that he killed a living victim by mistake. Exactly. And then covered it up with his colleagues. <laughs> right. Covered it up and yeah, pretty much that that's pretty much the answer is that he covered it up. <laughs> um yeah, and so he's <laughs> I just don't like that there's no payoff for the girl at the beginning. No, there's no payoff there. And it's no payoff whatsoever. It there's really also does. no no reason for Denzel to go visit his ex-wife. Oh, yeah. Th- that Why did he go see her? He randomly goes to see her. And it was it was going to it's like this half baked conversation about nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> it's terribly awkward. Serves no grander purpose within the story. Was it just to show what kind of a uh, person he I was I think with? it's to show what he lost. 
I guess. But they don't need to. They don't need to cast a wife. Have him go to the house. Oh, I like what you did with the house. I'm so glad you kept it. Yeah, it, it was kind of a waste of time doing that. Waste of time. Why are we here? Exactly. All right. So, so, so you and I are in agreement there. It's a waste of time having that happen. Uh, I thought the movie was heading towards this direction. That these cops were definitely prideful. You know, Rami with the whole ego thing. And then he's craving some measure of fame. Yes. As well. Yes. But ultimately, the cops were good. They were righteous, hell-bent on justice for the victims. Um, the victims themselves torture them in their waking nightmares, which is like Denzel's whole deal. But then the movie's third act completely derails that because then you find out Denzel's dirty secret. He's out here killing victims. <laughs> oh, God. By, uh, by mistake, albeit. But like, still, he's a murderer. Yeah, he's a murderer. He's a murderer, and then he covers it up. He does a, not receive any justice himself. Like the, the victim wasn't killed by a serial killer; he was killed by a cop who was there to help. It was like crazy. Then Rami Malek repeats the mistake. Yeah, by killing Jared Leto, a suspect they considered guilty until proven innocent. Pretty much <laughs> versus the other way around. They wanted it to be this guy so bad. They wanted. They it to wanted be an him. answer. They wanted an answer and Denzel really wanted an answer because mm -hmm. he spent all these years with the grief and the, you know, just thinking about what happened that night when he discovered those bodies and then killed that girl accidentally. He wants his own way of being able to clear his conscience. Yeah, he wants closure. And he goes against his own you know, advice, which is no angels, basically don't mm -hmm. don't harp on one specific case and, you know, make them into something that you're never going to be able yeah. to attain. Put them on a pedestal, yes. so to speak. And that's exactly what he does, though. This entire movie is all about him. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Demons. Then Rami does exactly what he does. Exactly. Uh, so I think the movie, like if it was more centered on really solving the unsolvable case or really yeah. know, going there, like you said, Captain Ahab, I think that would have been a stronger, better choice to take the movie into. Yeah, but, exactly. Because it was turning out to be that true crime meets Moby Dick where Denzel is Captain Ahab, but they didn't take it that direction. They were more interested in showing us the effects of trauma mm. um and it just wasn't genuine i didn't feel like it was had a lot of heart to it no and i think especially since they're out here killing suspects and victims um it, it, it felt extremely tone deaf as well like in today's current climate where you know although rami and denzel are making astute observations with the suspect Jared Leto like there's absolutely no evidence for him to be <laughs> the suspect and sure Jared Leto is a basket case an absolute basket case totally but they don't have any hard evidence they're instead harassing and stalking what is ultimately an innocent man um and then Denzel lies to Rami Malek to give him the closure he never had oof not good. Not good. 
with a red beret, sends him the red beret in the mail, snail mail with a note that says no angels. And it, it was that's supposed to be the proof that they got the right man. Right, that they got the right man. Killed the right man, yeah. They killed the killer. Sure, sure, that's that's it. Okay, so I think the, the biggest question of this movie is, uh, obviously Leto is where the movie's pointing at the entire time, but do we believe that this is the person that actually did it? Okay, like all these so I talked, I talked to my mom at length today, and I was telling her, I was like, what the hell do they think they're doing? They're out here breaking into his home with no warrant, like tricking him, harassing him, stalking him, following him the whole bit. Um, showing him photos of the victim, like horrifying photos of the victims. Horrifying. Which they're not, I don't think they're supposed to do. No, of course They not. look like guilty as hell doing it. Yeah. The cops did. And like, I don't think he did it. And she goes, no, I think he did it. She was like, why was he in the same area, driving around the same area as those bodies where those bodies were found if he didn't know? Like, it doesn't make sense for him to be so um, mysterious. And yeah, he was an asshole and like (laughs) serving it right back to the cops and bothering the cops. And it just she had it in her head that it was him, that it was him. Yeah. She was like, it's too suspicious. He's too suspicious. He is too suspicious, which I I get. The movie does a very good job of like laying everything out, making you believe that it is this person. She was like, he had this safety box of all these cut clippings from the of the murders and news stories. And I was like, there's no Internet. I was like, look, if you're a true crime buff in 1990, there is no podcast. There is no uh, a blog. No. There is no nothing for you to have your outlet. It's just the news stories, and he's just keeping clippings of like you know the murders that they're investigating. That is true. And like I'm like, what if he's a fan of true crime? And sure, maybe he's a psycho, a uh, sicko, and he gets his like sexual kicks off of these um stories. Like yeah. that's not a crime. <laughs> I'm I like, mean, as much you as you would hate prosecute it, you for that. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, you can't. Uh, basically, you're convicting the guy for his thoughts, pretty much, and his and interest. He, not right. Not for his actions. Yeah. So she was like, "Why would he have all that stuff?" And it looks like he had um, uh, mementos from the murders in there. Right. And I was like, "Look, there is no guarantee." that Denzel was seeing what he was seeing because he was in there alone. He was in there at night. He was on a time crunch. He was stressed. He's already seeing freaking ghosts of the victims. Why, <laughs> why would you believe anything that he sees in there? And we're never shown that like follow-up shot when he goes to clean up Jared Leto's apartment of him like ripping open the the rug that's covering that uh, trap door in the, the floor and him finding that box again. Right. With all that shit in it. No, exactly. So I'm like, you cannot, like, he could be wrong. Like, he's unreliable. Un- and she was like, un- no, no, no. Really? He's like, yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I don't think he was guilty. I don't think, I think he, he was. I think he was an asshole. Oh, no. I and think he's he terrible, w- felt but... smarter than the cops, yeah. for sure. Because I think and he because... wanted to 
get a little bit of revenge on the cops because they were bothering him. Because he was such a avid, you know, subscriber to all of that information, mm-hmm. like he would seek it out personally. I think he was just toying with them. Yeah. Just completely toying with them, Absolutely. making them believe that he may be the cause of it. But like in all reality, he's just just having just a dude. fun. Just his own she was fun, like, which what? Is sucks. He was the repairman with the company that they called for the refrigerator. And I'm like, circumstantial, like, uh, you know, circumstantial evidence. It's not it's not that he had was found with the murder weapon and he was found with the bodies or they found nothing like no evidence. It's just nothing. Nothing. It's coincidences. And like I'm like I, f- I was telling her I feel like I'm on the defense team and you're on the prosecution and I'm totally ripping you apart right now because you're not going to win. There is no case. There's no case. There's no case. So, I mean, it was very interesting to hear from her point of view because she was like, no, no, no. He's definitely the creeper that was killing all those girls. I mean, you can you can say that he looks like it, but that's not enough. There's, <laughs> right. There's- they gave him a very stereotypical, stereotypically creeptastic look. Yes, they do. Oh my God. And then like the scraggly long hair, the sunken in eyes. He's like simultaneously underweight and overweight at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how. And then, of course, we've already talked about Jared Leto and all of his stuff that he's got going on with his performance. And yeah, like to an average citizen, like if he was coming down the street, I probably would not want to walk down the street alone with that character. But that doesn't mean that he's a serial killer. <laughs> right. And it's not enough to just try to pull some type of fabricated, you know, evidence to try yeah. to nail this guy when in reality we don't know. There's not there's no evidence against him. Yeah. So all circumstantial. Um, it's all circumstantial. And they ultimately like kill the dude. Let's talk about Rami Malik in the final act because okay. he is like sleep deprived, mm-hmm. sitting in the car. He tells Denzel, please give me a cup of coffee because he's going to the bodega on the corner. Right. Because they're staking out Jared Leto's house. Right. Because, yeah, they, they because won't stop. Because, of course, no, they won't stop. Um, and their reasoning is no one's getting killed <laughs> while we're on him. Right. It, that Basically, what they're trying to insinuate is because we know this is the guy. Yeah. Uh, as long as we basically stay on top of him, there's no way another girl's going to get killed. So this is all, again, under the assumption that they believe that, yeah, we got the guy. We know this is the guy no matter what. No matter what yeah. the evidence is, which it says nothing. Yes. Jared Leto comes out of the house, scares the shit out of Rami Malik, and then says, I'll take you to the, the girl, like the last missing girl yeah. that they think is also a victim. I'll take you to her. And he actually gets into Jared Leto's vehicle and they drive off to God knows where. This didn't make sense to me. This did not make... This was the moment where I was like, this is going downhill. Like, it's like... This moment right here when Rami Malek gets in the car with the suspect. (laughs) And I was like, no, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And I... It's stupid. (laughs) it's reckless and stupid and i was telling my mom this and she goes well he's sleep deprived 
and he's I don't loopy. Know if that's enough. <laughs> he needs coffee. He's about to fall asleep. He's just not himself. And I go, you know what? You're kind of right because I have had an episode where I was sleep deprived and I was not myself. And people tell the story to this day. Oh my god! Because of that evening that no, I was like sleep this. deprived. <laughs> so um, I don't think he was loopy enough. He kind of seemed like he had his faculties and his wits about him. Um, yeah, at least he for was, all the movie. I think it wasn't more of the sleep deprived. I mean, I know the movie kind of goes there. And but then, you know, like on top of all that, they make it out into the desert, like wherever they are. And he goes, oh, she's buried there. Which does not make sense again because all of the victims were found above ground, not buried. Right. Posed. Like they had like a. um, uh, They were like tied up. Yeah. Naked. They had their own. It was a style. It was a style. It, it was, was a style. style. And they. <laughs> none of them were buried. It doesn't make sense. So he was like. Oh, okay. I'm gonna start digging here because, of course, she's buried out here. Right? Like, no, it, it goes completely against the the mo of the serial killer that we've been seeing the entire movie. It goes completely against what this killer has been doing this entire time. Yeah. So that doesn't make so, sense. So again, like why he starts digging? So stupid. <sighs> it's so stupid, and I think it was also kind of just. A representative of the whole case yeah you know yeah where they're just digging holes and just seeing if that's where where things are like evidence and clues terrible and they're just digging up like they're just ruining the, <laughs> the whole landscape like it's not <laughs> doing any any bit of help no it's not nothing's getting solved they're just tiring themselves out like rami malik was like panting by the end and yeah that's what they get for just i don't know this movie is weird this movie is trying to be too many things at the same time and it just man it does not work it doesn't i work. don't like what it's trying to say i well i don't like the portrayal that they're doing of these detectives and maybe that's why they did it in the 90s because it's like ho oh, ho we're far removed from 2020 and like all of the social justice or the injustice surrounding the boys in the blue. But like, right. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't think it, maybe they buried it in January because it was not just a bad movie, but also kind of tone deaf. But like, I don't know. I, I really didn't think it was worth my time. It's not worth your time. No. <laughs> for it, those of you listening. <laughs> for those of you listening, this is not a movie that is worth uh watching spending money on like this is not the type of movie that you should be going out to no. to enjoy yourself because you're not going to enjoy it <laughs> it had a very unsatisfying ending if yeah it did what was i think my reaction was like i guess fine <laughs> i guess that is <laughs> oh my god that is so funny I your guess. poor dad we saw it with your dad yeah we did <laughs> your dad was like genuinely like was surprised that this movie was bad because he likes Denzel Washington. Right. He likes Denzel. He thinks he's a good actor, um, you know, and so going into the movie, he was pretty excited. And yeah, he was not happy at the end. And he actually <laughs> even texted me uh, oh. earlier this week or actually uh, this morning. And he was like, 
the more I think about that movie, the more I hate it. <laughs> That's exactly what That's he texted me. That's how I feel me. too. Same. So same. It, it, yeah, it, your dad. I've just felt so bad for your dad. My dad's never look. My dad, when it comes to movies, he's usually a pretty positive person. Like, you know, he'll enjoy yeah. any type of movie. Like, as long as he's entertained, that's all that really matters. Let me ask you this: Were you entertained by this movie? Was I entertained? Yes. Uh, I was entertained for the first part of it, and then, like, when the movie starts uh, going a little bit off the rails, I start losing it. Like I just—that's what happened to me. My mom. At least it was entertaining. Your was mom. Like, what? Your mom was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was entertained. Um, look, if people are entertained, I that's guess. fine. Like, but the th- you know what it is? I, I think that in a case like this is that we've seen the good version of this movie. <laughs> yes. We've seen the good version of it. And so with that, we know basically what a good thing looks like. So when you <laughs> present us with a bad one. You know, we're going to we're going to point out its Mm -hmm. deficiencies. And so that's exactly what happened in this movie. We pointed out the deficiencies of this movie. Uh, Do I wish it was better? Of course I do, because I think that the people involved in the movie are not bad actors like Denzel's obviously an all time great actor. Uh, I'm still on the fence on Rami in general. Uh, Yeah, no, I I don't think he should have won that Oscar. Well, Personally? That, that's that's another conversation um, <laughs> to have. We, I think we did have this conversation. Yeah, I think I think we did because we, we yeah we, we had our it. whole Oscar th- um, talk after the win, yes. and then we covered Bohemian Rhapsody as well. Yeah, I think it might be old enough that it's just on our Patreon now. But if you, again subscribe on the Patreon, yeah. and you can hear our thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody. But damn. Um, so disappointing on so many um levels <sighs> yeah yeah exactly i am in full agreement with you it's just disappointing on many levels uh with the amount with the talent that's on screen at least and you know i wish better but then again what we were we expecting it was january it was january and that's that's what we're going to get in a january we're not going to know for sure if we're going to get like a true good movie coming out of January. So, <laughs> so, uh, we, it was a swing and a miss this time around. Uh, Such a miss. Yes. But maybe the next movie that we watch might be a good one. I'm really yeah, excited. Maybe. Hopefully. So, uh, for those who don't know, the next movie that we will be talking about is the movie, uh, I, I'm so sorry. I, just lost. Did my, you blank? I just Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. I, I just lost it for a second in my head. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Malcolm and Marie. This is a new Netflix movie that is coming out this upcoming weekend. So if you're listening right now during the week after this episode's been released, you'll see that one on Netflix this upcoming weekend. We will be talking about it. That is a movie starring John David Washington and Zendaya. It's funny that, wow, how ironic, because we just reviewed Denzel Washington. Next week, we're coming back with his son's movie. Yes. John David Washington. And and Zendaya. Zendaya? Zendaya? Zendaya. (laughs) We should figure it out. We're in one of these scenarios again. Great. Great. (laughs) It's a never-ending loop. (laughs) It really is. This this happens uh, to us way too often. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that is going to be the next movie we cover. You guys can check it out. Uh, you don't have to spend money on it if you already have a subscription to Netflix. So that's Woo-hoo. perfect for you guys. Uh, and uh, when it comes to this show in particular, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Once again, if you are not a subscriber yet, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you are a subscriber and have been listening to us, please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcast, it would go a long way for us. Yes. Yes. So uh, do it. <laughs> do it. All right. So <laughs> with that said, that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. Yeah.